When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. The Bow Hunter Planet podcast is proudly presented by Vanguard Outdoors. Racks Inc. and Crossman Air Rifles. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Bow Hunter Planet Podcast. We hope you're having a wonderful night. Uh, tonight, uh, Corey Upper and myself will be jamming here, um, talking to you guys about um, coyote hunting and upcoming turkey hunting, which will be really exciting this year coming up. And uh, also just a whole bunch of other great stuff. So, But before we get started, I just want to say a special thank you to um, all of our sponsors who help provide us with the sponsorships that get you the Bowhunter Planet podcast. So special thanks to Vanguard Outdoors. Vanguard is such a great company, and they're always um, making such great products and, and doing such a great job in this industry. It's really amazing if you haven't seen their stuff. Uh, Racks Inc., some of the coolest uh, bow hangers you're ever going to see. You definitely need to check them out. Um, I think you guys will love them no matter what. Um, we also have Crossman, who makes some of the coolest air guns you've ever seen, and uh, really, really, really top-notch stuff. And uh, our latest and newest uh, sponsor, who we're just announcing on this podcast, is Stealth Cam. So very exciting to have Stealth Cam come on board. Um and uh, we'll see what we can do with them. Let's see how their cameras react and see how you guys act to them. And maybe we can do some giveaways and some fun stuff. So anyhow, uh, Corey, how's it going up north, man? How you doing up in there in uh, Michigan's not Upper Peninsula, but just short of that. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, we're only about two hours from the bridge here. So it's, uh, it's good. Um, you know, the snow's finally gone. How I feel about that. Um, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of snow this year, so it made it tough for, for um, you know, coyote hunting especially, man. You really need the snow, and it seemed like we'd have snow, and then it'd be gone, and then we'd get snow, and then it'd be gone. So, you know, but it's good up here. You know, there's all kinds of fun stuff to do living in northern Michigan that uh, sometimes in southern Michigan you don't get a lot of public land, so you're able to go out and access it, stuff like that, and there's ice fishing. And, and uh you know, kind of when deer season winds down, me and uh, Doug Kowalski from, uh, you know, from Bone Driven back in the day there, I mean, we, we kind of focus in on coyotes and 
in uh, predators and really, really hunt them hard, probably almost as hard as we hunt deer. Um, I'm going to admit we're not very good at it, but, <laughs> but we have to do it. Yeah. How long have we worked together, Corey? It's been about what? Oh, man. Since 2012 or something? Something like that. Yeah. Kind of around the, the starting, you know, the opening of Struther Archery is when you and I kind of started to get together. And, you know, it's man. kind of been up since then, man. We've been, we've been laying down good film on, on all kinds of animals. And you and I have whacked a couple of does out, you know, down in yeah. Sandusky. And That's a lot of fun. Time. Hmm. Those are some fun days, though, I tell you that. It's nice when you, you know, yeah. when we were working together on the Struther uh, thing, it was really fun. And I don't know, like, I, 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 I'm very fond of those days because um, we worked really hard, but I also think we we came through, and it was really exciting. And Ron came through, every, you know, it was good times, you know. And uh, and, and uh, it's it's so what we've done, you know, for those of you who've kind of, um, you know, don't follow the BHP realm of business or whatnot, we, we had two hunting shows actually three for a while uh one was called bone driven which is what uh, Corey's referring to one was called hunt series and one was called uh, experience wild hunting portion so this past year i think it was the start of last year we decided just to kind of postpone the shows for a while until we the issue is that you have to have for doing shows number one there's just so many out there you know and, and the thing about it is we have such a good hunting staff but not good like in the sense that you're going to only kill big bucks and yes most people say well i don't really care i I, you know you don't have to kill big bucks i'm still having a good time and i still love to watch it but the truth is it it, you can't really win either way because even if you shoot big bucks doesn't mean anything you know i've seen shows come and go that shot big bucks too you know it's just it's really hard to have a show and i'm not saying we're never bringing them back we might we still own the shows and they're just on hiatus right now but uh you know, it just depends on the footage, you know, and uh, Ron's dropping off his footage next week of his buck he killed this past year, and we're going to re-air that. Um, we shot that because, so uh, Bone Driven was sponsored by Bowtech last year, and we we didn't, we kind of carried that over a little bit just for some of the hunters, but not a lot. So it's like we just kind of basically a little bit of that, but not like what it was. And before that, it was sponsored by Hoyt. Before that, it was sponsored by Struther for a few years in there. Uh, am I missing another company in there? Or no, I think that's it, right? No, that was it. Struther, yeah. Hoyt, and then and Bowtech. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, is that all the sponsors were great. Uh, Struther would have still been the sponsor if they were still in business because obviously Corey worked for him, so it would have been the one we would have kept over the years. But um, we had a good time with all of the sponsors. We thought it, it was a good relationship with each of them. And um, the show is just it's, – it's hard to produce a show. And, and we were producing it basically – from a solar hunter perspective, but the issue is a lot of the guys aren't talented enough when it comes to recuts and animation and putting extra things in and going back and refilming. And you would get that with a couple, but not all of them. And, and it's hard because, you know, it's like, it's not like you're paying these people, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I don't, it just became very difficult. And then you got to get sponsors on top of it. And it just felt to me and the rest of the, the ownership of HP that it was just too much work for, what we got out of it. Now that doesn't mean that the guys don't film anymore. They all individually film and still feed it to us. And we can put it under hunt series is kind of hunt series has always been kind of our, our library per se of all of our footage. So for us, it, it was a show, but not really. It was more just a library. And to be honest with you, most, a lot of the shows were started because companies asked us to start shows because they wanted places to sponsor and put things. And 
and so we 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 did that but you know it just gets hard if we're producing the whole show it's one thing if someone else is producing it you know and all we're doing is helping promote it but even that gets hard shows are difficult they're a dime a dozen let's be honest you know biggest problem with them yeah yeah it, it was a lot of you know people don't think about all of the stuff i think that goes into putting together you know good footage because for one you know we're just working, you know, we all have nine to five jobs. And so we don't have cameramen that follow us around and, and take, you know, take all this great footage and stuff. We go and sit in a tree stand and, you know, we've got 20 minutes of getting up the tree, getting camera arms, getting cameras mounted, making sure batteries are good, you know, checking lighting, checking focus, making sure there's no limb out in front that's going to cause a problem for you. So then when you finally get set up, I mean, you don't know how unpredictable these animals can be. And so you're filming by yourself. And, you know, when you need to be concentrating on where's this animal going to go and when do I need to draw my bow, you're worried about camera. Where is it? Am I zoomed up on the animal stuff? And I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Filming has cost me two of the biggest bucks of my life. Yeah. It's very tricky. It's trickier than people think. Like they think, Oh, anybody could do that. I got big bucks. I could get, I could, I could start a show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. my issue with the show I, if, is if you think that yeah if you think that call me because i'll i'll convince you otherwise <laughs> well here's what i've been trying to tell <laughs> everybody you got a buddy that's going to film for you, it's you not know. people think everything's but, worth the equipment it's not worth the equipment to me like i listen i have i take a lot of pride and it, it feels really good to me when i can have my team come over and i have bows for everybody to take a bow and go home and they're all excited and happy I've never having that experience in my life multiple times of bringing the whole team over and saying, Oh, here's all your bows fully outfitted and here's your hunting gear and all this. And to see people's faces when they walk out with like four grand in equipment, it's pretty exciting. It's really cool. But the issue is when you take a step back from that and you look at the workload compared to the free gear and all that, to me, it's not even worth it. You know, like it's not that big of a deal to me to shoot the latest and greatest bow and then have to spend that much time in the field trying to figure out how I'm going to film everything. Um, we still film today, but we film in a way that it's really simple. And if it doesn't work, we just can it. We just, we can it. We start the production. If the deer comes in a different way, forget the cameras, it's game on. And that's, that was not possible, uh, two years ago. And that's why I said, uh, for us to drop it was like a, a weight off the shoulders for just some free gear that, in my opinion, is never worth it. Um, and having that ability to, you know, shoot at a deer and not have to think twice about all the camera angles. No, no, don't get me wrong. I still do. But my point here is I will at any minute cancel that whole thing of filming and just hunt if I feel that or if I deem that I'm going to miss a chance because something's going to go awry, you know. Um, now people like Ron, Ron loves to film. So in his perspective, now I'm not saying he's the best filmer by any means, but in, from his perspective, part of his harvest is also getting that film. So he can always remember the deer he's taken and the way they look. And cause you know, we'll watch videos now. he will be like, man, look at that stud and look at, look at, you know, so it's cool. And that's why hunt series was so important to me. And even bone driven in the sense that we categorized and libraried all of our stuff over the years. And that was exciting, and I and I, I I I'm not saying we'll never bring back the shows. We probably will at some point, but the before we do, we we have to, 
you know, you have to have a couple producers is my point. You can have a whole bunch of hunters, but you got to have like two producers per show that are constantly focused on, you know, recreating things that they need to, to make it very interesting. People get really bored with just a standard hunt. That's just, Hey, I'm going to go shoot a doe. They say they don't, but they do. And I know that because the numbers on a lot of the shows aren't that great that even we had over the years, you know, um, you might see a thousand views, but you're not going to see a 200,000 views. Where do you see 200,000 views on a hundred or 200 inch deer get shot with a bow? That's a, you know, two, that's like a 400,000 view type video. So I don't know. That's just my thought on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the thing over the years of, of filming that I've liked the most is when you can come home and share it with all your friends though. And, I agree. You know, and, and it wasn't even that much like, whether my video got 30,000 views or 10,000 views or whatever on YouTube, it, that wasn't the fun part for me. It was to be able to show my kids and yeah. show my wife and show my dad, you know, I could be like, you know, check this out, you know, and, you know, and even, you know, I hate to say this, but filming really, it, it was interesting too, in that we, we could go back you know, if you made a marginal hit on a deer, you could go back and look at that film too and be like, oh, we need to back out. Yeah. We've, we've had that happen a couple of times and stuff, you know? And that's been the most fun. And, you know, and then taking the camera into the woods, sometimes you just get the coolest stuff. I mean, you know, the the, the Bobcat video that's out right now that Doug Kowalski filmed. You Unbelievable. Know, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, what he saw. And because he had his camera with it, I mean... It, you know, you can share that with all your friends, and they can, they're not like, yeah, whatever, man. You saw a bobcat stalking deer. <laughs> no, you be like, look, see, yeah, I, I really did see this. You know, yeah, that was that and, was an uh, incredible video. You know, yeah, I can't believe that. I, I didn't even think a bobcat would stalk a deer. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <It> <laughs> I, didn't, was, I didn't think you know. that thing stood a chance, man. I, I, that's why I was even curious if it would have killed it, if it would have grabbed it, because I was like, I don't know. It seemed to me like yeah. it, it was small. But, you know, when it turned at yeah. the end, you can see the size of it, which is a lot bigger than it appeared. Um, yeah. It was still a big, big cat, but I just don't know, you know. I guess I don't really fully understand, like, how it works. You know, if it's, it's they latch onto the neck, and the, even if they're smaller, it doesn't matter. Or if they would have got yeah. tossed like a rag doll. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of curious. You know, when, when we, you know, when, when he originally showed a, showed me that video and, you know, you know, all the guys are around a computer watching it, you know, we're all thinking that Bobcat saw that deer stalked up on it. And when it got, you know, what was it? Maybe 10 feet away from that deer when it bolted, we, we all say that that Bobcat was like, nah, this is going to hurt too much. <laughs> it <laughs> might've. Yeah. It <laughs> might've. But dude. he put the stock on, he did a good job. I think if, if that deer wouldn't have turned and he wanted to, he could have won it. He could have got it. You know? I, I think so. He's so, pretty, I'm sure they're super fast, you know, in, in the open. And I, I, I have no doubt in my mind it could have probably at least, I mean, at least could have grabbed onto it. I just, I'm just curious my, in my mind, like, I wonder, I, I would, we got to get a DNR guy on because that'd be a good conversation to talk about, you know, like how, what's the capability of a bobcat, you know, how does it work? And, you yeah. Know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I, we need to do a podcast. I'd like to do a podcast one of these days and show that video for anybody Dude. who hasn't seen it and, you know, see if anybody else could comment and say whether or not they've 
they've uh, you know they've seen something like that or seen that actually go down, even if they didn't get it on film. You know, yeah, I'm gonna post the I'm gonna post the link to this Bobcat video in, in this in the credits of this uh, audio here, and if you guys get a chance when you, if you're done driving or wherever you're at, you know, click this video and comment on it. I, I am curious, like Corey, like you know, what do you think would have happened, or do you think it could have got it? And share this video because this is one where I've actually reached out to some of the companies in the industry to share it myself because I'm interested now. It's got ninety one thousand views. It's only been out for not even a week. You know, it's on it's on par to be one of our largest videos ever, um, close to our Get Kids Outdoors one, which is three hundred twenty five thousand on Facebook. So. But this one will get there because it's it's going to be one of those things that never gets old. Do you know what I mean? Like this video won't ever get old because somebody has not seen it. So 91,000 people have seen it, but I guarantee you it hits a million because this is like one of those ones once Realtree shares it or someone else shares it and then 30 more people share it. It's a snowball type video and um, I'm glad Doug shared it with us. And, I'm, and it's funny because we sat on that footage for what, over a year? <laughs> it was a long Whoa, time. Yeah. It was a long time, and I actually, uh, Corey came to my house. We were going through his footage, and there's still a lot more footage to show that we haven't even launched yet, and it's hard. That's what I'm saying to everybody here. Like with, with shows, hunting shows, when you have other things going on, it's extremely difficult to focus on a hunting portion when you're focused on content for Test Lab or the podcast. It's very hard to like narrow that down to look at the hunting footage. Now, a good example is Ron. He, he, I still haven't gotten his footage from last year. He's supposed to be bringing it this week coming up. I was, he was going to bring it this week, but I told him to push out the next week. And so next week he's bringing it, and he's got an amazing hit on a nice buck, like an Illinois buck. So what I'm thinking of doing, and I, I still think I do the same with you guys, is is if we get footage, if someone is able to get footage, I like to do a sit-down interview about that footage and and speak, you know, speak as, you know, as it already happened, but show it why it's happening. I just think it'd be nice to get a good video out of it um, and hand it over to whoever needs it. But I, I think it would, it would, you know, there, like I said, we still have an archive of footage that's, there's a lot of footage that's never been edited or seen yet. And uh, trying to find time to get to it's not easy. And, and Merriman's not down here, so it's not one thing to have another producer working on it. You have to get them that footage, and that's not easy to do. Because footage is not, I mean, you're talking gigabytes of one file. You know, people leave the video camera running pretty much the whole time the deer's coming in. As you know, if you're a hunter, any animal coming in usually takes like 30, 40 an hour. You know, you don't know what time it's going to be. <laughs> not generally do they run in like that doe did when we were, when we were at Strutherville. And run in like that, you know, not rare. It's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, we, we have all this footage, you know, and I like what you're saying there about, you know, because we can put that footage out on the internet and people can watch it. But when you got the story behind it, you know, Much what better. you're thinking in the tree is coming in and stuff. It, it'll be, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that too. And, you know, it's kind of cool that we're able to do this, you know, over Skype and, you know, in the future, we'll be able to share some of the videos at the same time and talk about them. Yeah, I think stuff. that it'll, it'll be good, you know. And Absolutely. And I think that I think I think it's cool to, like, do the video and then actually put the video on the podcast, too. And then you can actually talk over the other video. Right. So it actually opens up content for three or four avenues, which is what's been fun, I think, for us. Um, having the podcast, you know, a lot of things have changed in the last couple of years with the Internet and um in the, in the web. And, and some of those things I'm talking about are like video views, you know, like, uh, this Bobcat stock, you know, right. Here's a good example. So I put the Bobcat stock on YouTube, but I also put it on Facebook. Right. So on, on YouTube, you know, today, right now I'm looking at, it's got 486 views. 
but on Facebook, it's got 91,000 views. So it just goes to show you the power of Facebook to YouTube. And I hate to say that because I'm not a big Facebook fan, but it's just amazing how much faster you can spread a fire on Facebook than you can on YouTube. YouTube, it takes a long time, you know, and people have to share the link and you have to follow the link, unlike sharing a video and you actually see a plane as you're going through your, your you know, it's crazy to me. The change is dramatic. Oh, yep. man. Yeah, so it's been fun, man. We've had a lot of great people inside the podcast studio to do this, and uh, I can't wait to get you down here too, you and Doug, to talk here. Um, it's it's fun to have everybody in-house, especially for the videos, and we started videotaping and recording the sessions um, so we can air them on YouTube as well uh, afterwards, and people who are listening to this uh, driving can, you know, go and watch the video if they want to see kind of what it looks like. You know, sometimes you're just intrigued. You want to see how the person reacted and you want to see their face expressions and stuff. So it's kind of exciting because now we can do that. And I'm trying to figure out how to get you, like if you were not here and on Skype, I'm trying to figure out how to get you into the feed, which I think I figured out today. Um, But I still need more people. I'm the only one here. So (laughs) when you're running the podcast by yourself, because otherwise I would have tried to video this one today too, but unfortunately... But we got some cool stuff, man. We got, uh, you know, last week we were talking about does target archery help hunters. So we did a quick, I did a quick video on that, cut it up and put it out there. So, you know, I'm trying to draw people's attention to see what people think about it too. It's not just our opinion, you know, like what do other people yeah. think, you know, and that kind of stuff. But anyhow, you know, and, I, and I'd, be, I'd be interested in what people want to see because, you know, we're, we spend a lot of time in the woods and if you want to, we can do a quick video on stuff, you know, what, like what we do for our turkey setups or coyotes or, you know, anything like that. I mean, Doug and I, we've got a video that I gave you when we, when I gave you the Bobcat video about how to set up um, an electric fence for deer that they just don't jump. Doug set one up. It's the Dr. Deer one. It's got like hmm. the staggered wires nice. and, and stuff. So, you know, I'd like to talk, I'd like to talk to have Doug talk to people about that because, you know, if you yeah. just put one wire up, a lot of times deer will just jump it and go in and eat the food plot. Well, this is like this staggered wire thing, and Doug, Doug, Doug's a very smart guy, and he 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 was explaining to me that because the deer's eyes are on the side of their head, their depth perception is different. When they see the two wires, it confuses them, and they huh. sniff one and get zapped, and then they don't want anything to do with it. Interesting. <laughs> and he explained it all to me, and I think he explained it in the video too, but. Um, because Doug, th- there's a, there's a hunt club up, up by us here called Turtle Lake. Dr. Dr. Kroll, you, you probably all heard of him. Dr. Deer, um, comes there every year and does their herd health check. And, um, he's had lots of conversations with him over the years and talked to him about deer biology and then that's why that fence works and other ones don't and stuff. And I think there's some really good knowledge there that, you know, he'll be able to share uh, on some of the videos that we've done, but, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear what people want, you know, so that we could actually like, you know, go out in those fields of purpose, you know, and not have to think it up on our own. Nice. Yeah, no, no, I agree. It, 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 there's so many different topics and things to talk about. I'm trying to incorporate other people's stuff too, like other podcasts and other things. I think it'd be fun to, to like, be very broad, you know, and like have different types of people talking and different types of things. Because, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts throughout the day. I mean, when you're working, it's really nice to listen to podcasts. Uh, I obviously don't listen to my own very often, but I do to critique myself if I think, you know, something's boring or it doesn't sound right. 
but here and there, and then, but I listen to a lot of other ones that have nothing to do with hunting. They're just very generic, and, you know, but they have a lot of guests, and I, and I want to keep doing the guests, and we've done a good job of that, but I like to, I like to get people that don't even hunt, because I want to see their perspective on some things, and it's not necessarily to fight with anti-hunters or anything like that. I just want to get, like, how do you view hunting, you know, and just to see, you know, what people say, and not to, like I said, not to pick a fight with them by any means. If they're anti-hunters, I can care less. I just want to know. How do you see the world, you know, when it comes to the outdoors? How do you imagine animals? Do you think they're put here to be eaten or do you not just not interested in that? Just want to go buy a burger, you know, just things like that. I think it'd be cool to talk to non-hunters too and and do some stuff there and also look at other um other outdoor avenues like, you know, and see get them to chime in on some of the things they're working on cuz even even though there are websites and other stuff out there, there's a lot of good shows, there's a lot of people working hard trying to have some fun and create their own show or create their own podcast or create their own whatever. But I think it's important to highlight all those things cuz people are doing things, you know, and it's very positive and it's it should it should be something that we we help with instead of just like compete with, right? I think that's the biggest issue that faces the hunting industry is just everybody wants to compete instead of just work together and have some fun and have some fun, Corey. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I don't know, man. I I'm excited about Turkey season. It's coming up and, uh, I can't, uh, I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause I'm, I kind of want to take my son and I'm not sure how much time I'm going to have. So part of me is thinking I might just let him shoot and I'll just videotape it or whatever. It's the only thing I can think of. What are you up to? Yeah. Well, for turkeys, <laughs> you know, and I almost feel like I have to switch it up. I've killed a turkey three years in a row in the exact same spot. And one year I had to put in a lot of time. <laughs> I remember the this. The other years, I, I literally hunted like a couple of hours and shot a turkey. <laughs> nice. And you know, the funny thing about it is that I, I said to Doug, I was like, I think I have to move spots at least like 20 or 30 feet because I've laid down video of three turkey kills three years in a row and the, the background is exactly the same, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but it's been fun, you know, and yeah, I, for hate, sure. I hate to, uh, to go, you know, broke, bro, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it, you know, no, I but, hear you. Uh, you know, I've just, I found this spot. It's, it's like, there's a creek that's probably three or 400 yards away from me with big, tall trees and the turkeys, they roost in them. And then there's a bunch of hay fields off to the east. And there's this like sand ridge with oak trees on it. And I sit right on top of this sand ridge and the turkeys, they, they naturally cross it heading for those uh, hay fields in the morning to go out there and eat. And, you know, I've called in all the turkeys. None of them have ever just walked by me but at least in you know they're in the area so they're i'm able to call them in you know so i've just been incredibly lucky you know yeah the last that's great years, you know i i just kind of tried this spot and the first morning i called in a bird and shot it the first time i hunted this spot the first morning i wasn't in the i wasn't in the blind a half an hour and i shot a turkey and then the next year I went to the same spot and I caught the first morning in the first half hour, I called the turkey in and I screwed up because I was filming, you know, and I wanted to know where this bird was. So I kind of peeked into the window and he saw me 
and hung up and then he left and then it took me oh man it took me two weeks of hunting pretty hard before i got another shot at one um, oh man and then last year it was kind of funny because i called one it came from the opposite direction and it must have walked 10 yards past my truck because it was a cow pasture and there's a gate and you know you see turkey tracks going through there all the time you know obviously you never get up early enough so you're hustling to get to the stand and and i heard this thing gobbling as it's coming in and i'm like it, it's got to be 10 yards from my truck right now but Jeez. it came right in and you know it, i was i was able to knock another one down and that last year was kind of cool for me because you know prior to working with bow hunter planet i just shotgun hunted for turkeys i never even thought about going with a bow you know yep yeah but once I got involved with Struther Archery, you know, I started bow hunting them. And uh, last year, uh, with shooting the turkey I shot last year, I had shot more turkeys with the bow than I had with the gun. So that was pretty cool. That was my seventh, wow. turkey, seventh turkey with the bow. And uh, that I was kind of proud of that, that you know, because shotguns, you know, they can come in from any angle or whatever. Now you get to spin around and shoot them for the most part, you know. But with a bow, everything's got to go perfect. Yeah, you know? no, I hear you, man. I, uh, you know, I think it's interesting because the people, a lot of people, um, say to me all the time, like, "Oh, turkey, I don't have enough time. I'm just gonna, have to, you know, take a shotgun." I'm like, "Really?" Because, like, for me, I feel like it's not that hard to do bow for turkey. I feel like if I'm gonna do turkey. That's and I'm gonna especially if I'm gonna film like that's a no brainer to me because I can I can move around like I have time to adjust and everything compared to deer where it's like you know any little sound you know a turkey I'm right. are you kidding me I mean I shot I shot my first turkey with a bow last year and it it was a lot easier than I thought it'd be like I was really nervous now looking back on it I'm like I didn't even need to be nervous that thing was that thing was locked on my my decoy it was coming in. And I had plenty of time to adjust or do whatever. Um, now, if you're, I was in a ground blind, you know, I understand if you're like, you know, spot and stalk or something, but um, I don't know. I, I just think it's funny because I'm, I'm like, how does that even, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that people think it's hard. I, and I guess I, I don't see where it's that hard. I, I, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm just saying to use a shotgun compared to using a bow. I don't know why you wouldn't use a bow. Is all I'm saying. If there's ever a chance for you to shoot a turkey or shoot something with a bow, that's your chance. And it, not just the compound. You can do a crossbow too. I mean, if it's if it's where it's something where you just want to be lazy about it, and not really like you know draw a bow. That's cool. But it still can you know still can be done. Well, you know, and one thing I liked about you, know, I hunt from a ground blind whenever I do archery hunt. I, I've tried it not in the ground blind, but you know, I've never been successful at it, but. You know, all of the hunting I've done for, for bow with turkey has been from a ground blind. The thing I like about it, you know, turkey's got to sit so still and everything. Well, we're in a ground blind. You can kind of kick back, relax, sit in the chair, you know. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit more relaxing. And, you know, that's one thing like turkey hunting. I turkey hunted a lot with my kids last year. They didn't get one, but they, they came real close. A couple of times we had them coming in and. They just never came out in front of the blind, but it was nice because, I mean, Dave, you know, you can't just sit still. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, you know, last year I had the Katana 360 um, striker crossbow, so I, I let my kids use that. Um, 
you know, so we were able to sit in the blind. You can chit chat with them. You know, they can have snacks and they can have their hot chocolate there and stuff because, you know, my one son, he's nine years old. I mean, you can't expect a kid to get all dressed up in camo and go out and sit next to the tree <laughs> for two and a half hours completely still. So, That's for sure. So bow hunting, you know, yeah, we could have used a shotgun, but, you know, we used a crossbow and the bow and it, it was a lot of fun, you know, and the ground blind situation allowed us to do that. So, you know, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, and even... Even one time, you know, my, my wife couldn't couldn't be here one day. I took all took both my boys and went out and you know, we had a big enough ground blind that the whole family essentially almost went hunting. You know? That's cool. And, yeah, it, it's cool, you know. And the kids really love the the interaction in turkey hunting. In deer hunting, you just have to sit there and wait. Well, yep. the turkeys like, oh, dad, I just heard a gobble over there, you know. And then you'll call back to it. It'll gobble back and their 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 faces just light up you know <laughs> yeah they're like do you think it's gonna come and i'm like well i don't know we'll see you know turkey's exciting man I, I think it's very exciting when i'm out there i just the noises of the you look around you see that you can see the black coming through the you know it's not it's, it's not as like i don't know people get crazy about it, but i think it's a lot of fun it's a lot more fun than i realized and uh so for me i, I wish i had more time to go turkey hunting i really do um the season's so short but uh, they're not easy to hit. I get that, too. So, you know, I get that maybe that's why people don't use a bow. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I just – there's something about, like, that rumble, and you know, and you hear that gobble, and they start coming in. It's just so exciting. And they get on a beeline, and you're just like, wow, I can't believe this is about to happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the one it, – it's funny. It For me, with the calling them in, it, it seems like they either they either come – like a linebacker through the through a you know through a deep or through an offensive line or they just <laughs> hang out there at a hundred yards gobbling at you like you know it it's sometimes it's so frustrating yeah you know? it's crazy they just I, I've had it so many times and, and the funniest things will hold them up you know yeah I, I remember today I saw I saw a turkey three hundred yards away across the hayfield. I crawled on my belly down a fence row. I'm hunting with a shotgun, you know, got all set up, started calling. First time I hit the call, gobble. And here he comes, <laughs> you know, he comes down the hill and he comes up the hill and over. And I'm like, oh, this is funny. You know, I just got to sit here and wait. Well, about 75 yards between me and him, there's a fence. Like just a, just like a three strand barbed wire fence. Oh man. He would not cross that fence. Jeez. He just walked back and forth down the fence for an hour gobbling at me. He would not cross the fence. I, I don't know what it is. I've I've read that in magazines, but until I saw that that one day it said, Why wouldn't a turkey just come underneath the <laughs> the fence? You know? Nope. That's how they roll, man. They just they ain't gonna be easy, that's for sure. What decoy did you use last year when you called one in? My decoy, and I don't know who makes it because it's older, but um, it is absolutely amazing. Um, and uh, I I don't know, to be honest. I've had them for probably six years, but I've never had success with them until last year. So I guess I don't really know the answer. But um, I'm going to try to figure it out this year when I pull them out. But he is just, 
he's the man. He got it done for me. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, uh, everybody makes fun of me for this, but three years in a row, the funky chicken. Oh. Flextone has worked. I have a funky chicken. I do keep you? that too. The funky chicken goes back behind me. I do a, a weird setup, but it worked good this year. Two years ago, I was sitting in my spot, and I had a huge gobbler come in. Um, but he didn't come in because he was on a uh, he was on a hen. And um, so, while he was on the hen, she came in uh, to my to that little Jake thing, and um, he was starting to come but then another gobbler now so this is all behind me this is happening and uh at the time now i think about i didn't have i didn't have a set behind me it was all in front of me in the field so he saw another turkey so my point is if i would have had that jake behind me he would have he would have charged it no problem he charged another turkey that came in that was out of nowhere and they start getting in a fight, you know, and they, they took off a different direction. I was so mad, you know. So the next year when I got my turkey, I put a set on both sides of me. Jamie thought I was a retard. He's like, what are you doing? You got 30 birds out there. You can't do that. It'll never work. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But I knew because in the wood line, it's different than the outside. It drops off. So, it, you know, in that drop off, they see it in the field. But they don't see the woods one, right, and vice versa. If they're in the woods, they don't see the field one because it drops off. So, and sure enough, I was dead on it, it, it because I had the two sets, you know, it, the, they saw the one in the front this time and it worked. But if it, let's say he tried to cross behind me, if he crosses the woods behind me, he's going to see the bird right, right in front of my set, you know, on the other side now. So I did a dual set and it, yeah, it took a little time. I'm not going to lie to put them all out, but to be honest, turkey hunting's a lot easier than deer hunting. You know, like I leave the bag out there. I could smoke a cigar. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I can live feed and do like videos while I'm sitting there. You know, I can get things done. Like I could take a laptop out there and start working. It's warm. It's not, you know, um, I could bring food and snacks. It's just a whole different level of honey. It's just kind of relaxing outdoors. It's not even really, you know, it's, if I don't see a bird, I don't really care. I'm still, you know, getting things done, having a good time. But, uh, yeah, I know, I don't know how you guys turkey hunt out there. We'd love to hear it, but, uh, Corey, thanks for joining me tonight. Um, we're going to cut this one off, but, um, Corey and I will be back a different time to talk about bows. I did pull a, a archery business uh, catalog that I want to talk to you about, not today, but a different day, and go through all these new pr- products this year because Corey did work in the industry in a bow manufacturer for years, so he's a good one to have these conversations about. So, All right, Corey, thanks, man. All right, no problem, man. We will see you guys next time on the Bowhunter Planet podcast. Make sure you go to bowhunterplanet.com and learn how to subscribe to everything we have because you don't want to miss out when we do cut new videos and new things. Also, um, if you're out there and you are a fisherman and you are an outdoors person but not a bow hunter and you're just hearing this, check out the Experience Wild podcast. And a sister, uh, Our sister network has their new podcast going, so you definitely want to check that out. And uh, if you're into fishing, you're going to love it. These guys have so much great content when it comes to fishing. It's brand new, so uh, enjoy. It's led by John Cedar and Jamie Nopum. And uh, we'll see you guys next time on the podcast. Celebrating the rich tradition of bow hunting for over 31 years, Vanguard is proud to be the official optic and hunting pack of Bowhunter Planet.
Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.